Welcome, everybody, to my bloody podcast. I'm Brian Kluger. It's Halloween season, October, only a few days away from the spooky day and night itself. I'm joined by the host with the most, the man who I eat all the candy with, scare all the children with, and watch all the horror movies with, Preston Barta. What's up, bud? Hey, man. It's been quite some time, but I've... I've really missed doing this and I'm glad we're doing it just in time to uh, release an episode before Halloween. Yes, right before Halloween. Of course, it wouldn't be a Halloween without my bloody podcast. This is episode 98. The last time you might have seen or heard from us was back in July when we did House of Wax. Uh, the uh, the remake, the one with the the former DJ, the former Hilton uh, heiress. I guess she's still the Hilton heiress, but you know, that house of wax. So it's been a little bit, it's been a few months, but we're back. We have an excellent show today. Our main event later on in the show is going to be the film that I think scared me the most growing up because I saw this at a very young age and it just terrified the living shit out of me but that movie is called demons it's from the 1980s it's from uh, daria argento and bava himself yes i'm just a uh, very very excited lumberto bava that's what we're going to be talking about uh we, we have a bloody question but first let's talk a little bit about is there any horror news coming out i think we have to talk a little bit just a little bit touch on some of the horror movies that have come out uh, as of recently, maybe tell some uh, suggestions on what people can watch leading up to Halloween this weekend. So let's just start off with the obvious choice. I mean, come on, Preston, I know you love this movie, Halloween Kills. It's out there right now. <laughs> yes, I love this movie. <laughs> By love, he means hate. So I watched this movie in Denver at a hotel room really late at night. Didn't expect to like it. I went into it like, oh, this is going to be bad. And then at the end, I liked it more than I thought I was going to. It's silly. It's stupid. The dialogue is pretty terrible, but I had fun with it. It was just kind of a filler movie between this last one from 2018 and the next one, which looks to be, you know, a one-on-one uh, false count anywhere match between Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers. But this one, I feel just like I got Mike Myers killing a lot of people. And that's what I wanted along with bringing back some of the people from the original film as they are adults now and dealing with their trauma and trying to go out and kill Michael Myers. Other than that, 
it's kind of a weak movie, but that's what I think. I think I had fun with it. If you want Mike Myers killing people, that's this movie. But I don't know. I know, Preston, you have different thoughts, right? <laughs> yes, completely on the other end. Um, <laughs> but I have given it, I, I gave it another shot just because, um, I, I, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about Demons, and Demons is technically a pretty terrible movie, but it's uh, it's great. And so it's a matter of like, going into this what do you really expect from the genre but i think my the reason why i uh you know come in come into it with my red pen handy is uh just because this this new uh spin on it has potential to be something new and refreshing and uh that's what i expected out of the 2018 uh, film and certain aspects of it were refreshing and thoughtful like uh, you know Laurie Strode's trauma and uh, three generations coming together to defeat evil which is um, you know a lot for a lot of people um, the mo- Halloween franchise just could have ended with the 2018 one would have been would have been fine but you know he's an iconic figure and they got to keep going and then after the success of the last one Blumhouse is not going to turn down in Universal not going to turn down uh, being able to crank out a few more of these. And so those writers, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, they had to write themselves out of a corner um, of Michael being in the basement on fire. And so the first teaser that I saw, I was like, okay, this is going to be awesome. It was just very brief, showed Laurie Strode and the family being the back of a pickup truck, Texas Chainsaw Massacre style. And then all the firefighters are going to you know, put out the fire at the house, which is ultimately going to free Michael. And so that trailer just had me hooked. The second one, not so much. I was very nervous from that point. And then when after I watched the film, I just was pretty disappointed with the complete lack of um, the characters seemingly just like not having any regard for their lives or human life in general. They're constantly making stupid decisions, which, uh, you know, comes with the territory, but it's just like they it these particular filmmakers the talent involved they have the potential to make something very grand and exciting and there are like a few moments in halloween kills that are exciting like the very beginning of the film that takes place in 1978 it's very interesting to see like what's going on behind the scenes or what's going ar- going on around the main action that happened in the original john carpenter film but in the end um it's just I mean, it lives up to its title. It's it's Mike, Michael Myers killing like 25 people in that film or something like that. So there's not a whole lot of build up to care for a character or be invested in, in their situation um, outside of like Kyle Richards segment who plays a little girl in the original film. She comes back and there's a scene where she's running in the, in the forest. And uh, that was like, there's a pursuit there. And that's what makes... Uh, makes uh, the Halloween franchise very exciting is to get those scenes where Michael Myers is just creeping around or chasing someone or there's some sort of anticipation there and then here it's just like it's Rambo style it's just non-stop and so for that I, I, I just it wasn't enough for me I wanted a little more out of it and I know for some people it just kind of depends what audience member you are if you want that uh, just nonsensical uh serial killer on the loose or killer on the loose then it delivers that Uh, but don't expect the characters to make the smartest decisions um or 
seem to be blind completely considering that there's one scene in the film where uh, a patient that was in the same institution as Michael Myers has a complete different body shape, although there's new and there's news footage shown like what Michael Myers actually looks like. And he looks nothing like this guy. And somehow the whole town goes after this dude. So it's just moments like that where I just scratch in my head and I'm, I'm so frustrated and that frustration doesn't uh, calm down to the point where I can just enjoy this for what it is. And so my wife and I watched it and we both just were pretty miserable by uh, what unfolded. And so uh, for that, I can't say it's a great uh, Halloween recommendation this year, but a lot of people have already seen it. Right. People have seen it already. You can watch it um, on, uh, is it Paramount Plus? Peacock. 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 That's right. Peacock Universal. That's right. Um, And yeah, give it a shot if you want to. If you're a fan of the Halloween franchise, just go into it expecting just maybe to have a good time, but nothing, you know, below a surface level material yet. Uh, there's a couple others, uh, at least I want to mention, uh, antlers is going to be in theaters. I truly enjoyed this movie. It was scary. It was thought out pretty well. There are, there is some predictability in it, uh, as far as like, you know, the horror movie tropes go, there's some of those stereotypical horror movie tropes where like, oh, these characters are doing stupid shit and they're going to get themselves killed easily. There's that in there, but I think the good outweighs the bad here. Carrie Russell, Jesse Plemons do an excellent job as well as a little kid in the movie. And it's about um, it's it's about abuse, confronting your abuse, acceptance, and uh, maybe a little bit of addiction. And then running that parallel with a monster, a Wendigo. It does its best to do that, but again... When you have Guillermo del Toro and David Goyer, you know, sitting in your uh, passenger side vehicle, you're going to want to see this. It's good. I really enjoyed it. It's a slow burn horror with a pretty good creature effects and lots of gore. Did you get a chance to see this, Preston? No, I haven't yet. But uh, I I know after you saw it, you recommended it to me and so that I would enjoy it. And so uh, I, I will give it a shot. I don't know when, but I will try yeah, it's, it's a good Halloween movie. And then another horror movie that's coming out this week, uh, Edgar Wright's new film, you know, the man who brought you the Cornetto trilogy all the way to Baby Driver. His new movie is straight horror. And that is Last Night in Soho with Thomas and McKenzie and Anya Taylor-Joy and Matt Smith, Terrence Mann. It is it's a good movie. If you could say one thing about Edgar Wright, you could say all of his movies are super fun, energetic, and uh, comedic. That's not this movie. This movie takes itself pretty damn seriously, deals with some uh, pretty taboo subjects like suicide and uh, abuse and sexual abuse. And it's... But it's good, though. It's his most thrilling film to date. Maybe his most suspenseful movie to date in straight horror. There's not really any comedy to this movie. And he's kind of matured as a director in that he's taken on a different approach to his visual style because there's not those quick, fancy cuts, those funny cuts that you see in all of his movies. Those are not here. He does a little something different, more elegant to this uh, film. And I, re- I dug it. Um, 
I knew I was going into something different and that's what I got. So last night in Soho, definitely highly recommend. I really liked it. I know it's dividing some fans of his because it's not possibly the same as his previous movies. And Edgar did take an M. Night Shyamalan approach to this film where he gives you little crumbs of details throughout the movie. And then at the end, you know, just like blows your mind with twists and turns. So that's in, in that element. I did enjoy it. Does it get a little corny here and there? Maybe a tiny bit, but I think the journey and how he does it is perfect. So I really liked it. Preston, are you excited for this movie? Not excited? No, I'm excited. I just, I've been putting my time for theatrical stuff towards other stuff because it's the end of the year. Um, but it, it's been on my radar. There's there's like three or four movies I need to see in theaters now. And that's definitely one that I would like to try to catch pretty soon. Cool deal. Is there any other horror movies you want to give a suggestion to people that before the holiday? Yeah, I can roll through them really quickly. Uh, these are some of the Blu-rays that I received recently. I just got the 4K of I Spit on Your Grave. And so I watched that very hard movie to watch. Very, very difficult. Uh, but the second half, when that kicks in, if you can kind of go through the uh the fire as as you will uh kind of like mandy style although it doesn't have that same sort of thrill as mandy just because you know have nicholas cage and colorful aesthetics and everything but i mean uh the last shot of the film last kill of the film is pretty worth it um so it's uh yeah very difficult to watch but uh kind of fun nonetheless uh it's, it's a good movie the original i spit on your grave is a fun well yeah. not i don't know fun it's but not, it's a, not fun but hey you know it's like a you go girl kind of thing yeah revenge flick about a, a several young dudes who rape and brutally beat the shit out of a girl and then she uh survives it and then just gets her revenge sweetly and amazingly yeah so yeah um, to get things a little more fun, here's one that I watched with my son. I love Paranorman. And so I got, <laughs> I, I got this in uh, Coraline's Shop Factory. Just put out these nice new releases that come with like new uh, making of featurettes and stuff like that. And so I think both of those movies, although Coraline's probably is much weirder and maybe not the most appealing content to put in front of your young child maybe for like uh preteens and teenagers but paranorman i would say is a is a better movie for younger kids to enjoy we watched it with our neighbors and played it outside on the projector um so it was really enjoyable night um but to get into uh teenager territory we get to summer of 84 uh vinegar syndrome uh or gunpowder sky they uh they all came together and put out this beautiful release for summer 84. I know we've, we've had a uh, Lamantos on the podcast and we talked about their score. So you can find that in our archives, but yeah, I love, I love this movie. I think it's much, it's got that stranger things kind of kids on bicycle energy, but the mystery behind it, this rear uh, window kind of feel to it is really compelling. And then by the end of it, it takes a very realistic approach that I was not expecting when I initially saw it. Um, and yeah, Vinegar Syndrome always takes care of you with their uh, restoration. So um, not that yes. it's a super old movie, but it looks really good on 4K. Yes. Um, and then there's Ticks. Have you seen this? 
Oh, ticks. You know what? I actually have not seen ticks, but I want to. Yeah. So it's got Seth Green in it. Really, uh, was this from 1993? A lot of really good visual effects just to kind of give you a taste of it. I don't think you can see it, but there's a split open head right in the photos. So uh, this one's actually pretty fun. Um, I had a good time with it. Um, And so this is a 4K release. And again, Vinegar Syndrome takes care of you. Um, So it looks really good. Um, And then probably the last one here, uh, The Guest. I love The Guest so much. We've talked about on this podcast before. I think the episode that I had my wife on maybe a couple years ago, she recommended (laughs) this. And this is like our uh, part of our uh, Halloween watch season. We have to watch The Guest every time. And so um, Second Sight Films put out this really immaculate packaging for uh, The Guest, uh, new 4K restoration, new audio commentaries and interviews and things like that so it's get it got the release that it so deserves because i never was a fan of the theatrical poster and the original cover art for the blu-ray which is the same it kind of sells it as a different movie and so just kind of seeing that majestic lighting behind dan stevens uh which is just kind of capturing the last mo last scene of the film um is really really beautiful um so uh man highly recommend if you haven't seen the guest to give the guest to go it, it checks out so my last question for you is it's halloween evening you're enjoying some candy you're you, and you're looking for two a double feature horror movies for halloween what's your suggestion um well our usual one we already watched um but uh, normally it, it's always the original Halloween from 78 and then it follows just because I'm a huge it follows fan and I feel like both those tonally go, kind of go hand in hand um so uh I have been changing it up in the past I'm a big Harry Potter fan so I either watch the first or uh third uh one in the franchise um but yeah I think if I just had to pick my 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 two mains it would be Halloween and it follows all right all right i think mine would be it would be dead alive and the exorcist (laughs) a little bit of totally different so i guess you have to maybe start with the exorcist and then really wake yourself up with dead alive dead alive yes 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 all right let's move on to uh our bloody question which uh we had a fun one uh this this episode episode 98 and that is um, where we ask a question kind of related to our, our main event, which is demons, and we'll answer it. But we also, uh, we also do bring it to Reddit and do the, do the thing, uh, ask it on there. And we got uh, some pretty funny answers this time, of course. Uh, so the question was, if you were trapped inside a movie theater with a bunch of demons, how would you survive the night? So let's say you were offered a free advanced screen of a movie, but once at the movie theater, you and the rest of the movie patrons were locked in with no way out and a host of demons tried to kill you. How would you survive the night? And the bonus question, what movie would be playing on the screen? So this is kind of the synopsis for demons. Uh, Preston, <laughs> how would you survive? Um. I would probably make my way to the projection room and get as many film canisters as I can to create a, a big shield 
um, because the greatest fear is to be either scratched, vomited on, or uh, bitten. So uh, I'll take a, I'll steal a page out of Iron Man's book and just create a, create a shield for myself and try to protect myself, turn myself into a human trash can, Oscar the Grouch, or uh, um, Sesame Street style. Um, so uh, yeah, probably do that. And then just, uh, you know, follow Obi-Wan Kenobi's advice and find the high ground all the time. <laughs> uh okay but, but nothing quite beats having a dirt bike and a ninja sword uh that's that's about as gnarly as it gets yeah that's that's baller action right there that's when you have uh rolled a natural 20 in the D world <laughs> you get yeah. to go around killing demons uh so i kind of went similar with it because this movie scared me so much it was so visceral to me growing up that i really thought about it and so I feel like, so I always carry like a knife with me, uh, always. And so like Preston said, I would like not so much like a shield, but I would try to cut the cushions out of some of the seats and wrap that cushion material around my arms and neck and chest or whatever, and my legs, um, so that demons couldn't get to that so easily. Um, and then I would find a locked room and then maybe uh, create kind of like a funnel. So with me and other survivors can easily take out the demons until they're all dead. And then once they're all dead, hopefully try to find a way out. So that, that would be my mind would be cut open the cushions, protect my body. So I wouldn't turn. And then uh, by any means necessary, take out the demons. Kind of like uh, Lord of the Rings style when they're going to, uh, bust down that door and then they have the shields above and from the side so the arrows can't get and so that you can just pretty much just be there like uh like troy like have your shield there and then just put it on top of your shield to take out the enemy yes yes exactly exactly so we brought that question to reddit wait, wait, what's oh. the movie you're playing oh the oh the movie that's playing on the screen is definitely they live <laughs> Nice. <laughs> what about you? Um, I'm gonna go with Romance in the Stone. Oh, nice, nice. A little Douglas action. I like it. Um, should we bring this to the Reddit? Yes. So um I-O-N-Z-E-U-5 said, This is the plot to demons, and chances are in real life I wouldn't survive. <laughs> So that would, uh, that was that punching babies, six, 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 great name said, I'd be the first person to stand up and say, pick on someone your own size so I can solidify my spot as the first to die. So I can go straight to hell to be with all my friends and family. <laughs> uh, don't have much faith in themselves so right vince the 27th said i would have a helicopter crash through the ceiling and then i would move to a swanky high-rise apartment where the demons would in inevitably attack again during a birthday party so very um very 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 true to the movie social contract fury said snort lines of blow through a straw and a coke can slice and dice with my sword and ride my motocross bike over the seats all while sporting the best new wave 80s punk look <laughs> so that's uh pretty good um so spirited by 813 had my favorite response 
Spirited by 813 said, kill myself immediately. Fuck you, demons. <laughs> Which I thought that was funny. Her horizontal bob went sexual with it. He said, I would cover myself in buttery flavoring. So uh, that was that. This girl named Bree said, play the entire discography of Michael Bolton at full blast through the speakers until the demons explode from sheer torture. Then wow. break the locks with a fire extinguisher to escape. So... There's that. Uh, Brad Glasses said, I'd shoot first and think never. The film would be The General with Buster Keaton. <laughs> so uh, there's others, but those are my favorites. I think the Kill Myself, Fuck You Demons was the funniest. Don't you I like think? Those. I like the last two. The last two. Okay, good. The I buttery Bolton. flavor. You just want to cover yourself in butter. I've said that about you before. That was the Michael Bolton one. Oh, the Michael Bolton. Little office space. Uh, uh, move, little office space uh, there for you. But moving on to our main event, Demons uh, from 1985. Let's just dive into that. This movie was released October 4th, 1985 in Italy. This is an Italian movie, but it's in English. Uh, it was directed by Lamberto Bava. And with a screenplay and produced, of course, by the amazing Dario Argento, two legends in Italian filmmaking and horror for sure. And the movie is really short. The movie's 80 minutes. And like we said earlier, it's about uh, people who get invited to a special movie screening. A lot of people show up to the movie theater. Um, including a pimp and a couple of sex workers amongst other characters. And lo and behold, demons break out and there's no escape. Like all the doors have been like sealed shut. Basically there's like cement walls around and you just try to survive all inside a movie theater. So there's zombie S stuff to this movie, uh, but it's all demons and like Preston said earlier, this movie is corny and cheesy and dumb, but holy shit, the practical effects and the sheer uh, horror of the movie really sells it. Yeah. And it's actually pretty good um, despite it's eighties cheese ball stuff. I, I enjoyed it. That, and so that's my initial take Preston. What's your first initial take on the movie? Just like, do you like it? Do you not like it? I, I love it. I think it's a whole lot of fun. Um, there's there's uh, certain films that I go to, um, like Dead Alive that you mentioned earlier, where they just tonally, they have, they just seemingly exist in this other world. And uh, more so this one with its lines, like there, you can watch like overreactions. There's like a moment where one of the characters, the main character has like a, uh, you're tearing us apart, Lisa, kind of reaction to it. Um, so it's ridiculous. Uh, my favorite character out of the whole film is uh, the pimp that you had mentioned. Uh, he has like, like when the shit starts to really hit the fan and they begin to realize that the horror of the night is not just what's happening on the screen, but happening there in the theater and everything that's that they're seeing on screen is happening there in the theater. And so that moment of realization is really great. And so the pimp kind of uh, really catapults that into uh, action when he uh, steps over to see like who who's this uh, girl that is screaming. And he's like, holy shit, 
she's a friend of mine. And so there's just like lines all throughout where, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know, like the, uh, what is this? I don't know. Like, uh, Oh, the, the one dude in the car who says, uh, that's Rambo talking, baby, come on, be violent or something like that. (laughs) I don't know. There's just like deadpan delivery. Um, like somebody who makes other films wrote the script and then let an Italian filmmaker make it. I don't know. There's just like a a fun disconnect with what's going on there um, that makes it a lot of fun. But as you said, it's like the practical effects, the look, the transitional scenes of when the people become the demons, like seeing the black uh, fingernails come out of their own hands or like they strip themselves of uh, their skin suits and then the real demon comes out. Um, so in green ooze coming out of their mouths. Well, uh, let's talk, let's, let's talk about that because I want to talk about the first time I saw this movie. Um, this movie came out in 1985 and I think I first saw it maybe in 1990, 19, maybe 1991. I was like 10 or 11. And it was at, you know, the video store rented it uh, on VHS with a friend and I watched it during the day this movie fucking terrified me for years because of what Preston is describing. The transformation, much like American Werewolf in London, shows it full on. It shows the teeth coming out, the blood pouring out, and sharp things coming out, the fingernails breaking through the skin, and like boils and green pus and the red eyes. And they just want to eat you and claw you and kill you. And it is for me at that age really fucking shook something because I was like, I had to sleep with lights on and all that stuff. So, and it still in a way scares me today. Like if I watch it and like, after I watch it and I go to bed, I still kind of have to turn on the lights, you know, to go to the bedroom because I'm just like, fuck, I have a demon's going to pop out. But much to what Preston said, about uh the pimp in the movie (laughs) that dude is hilarious because it doesn't sound like his real voice when he's talking because he sounds real grovelly like hey this is you know (laughs) this is a movie and i don't know if it's like a cheap italian dub but oh man it's funny and so he's he's yeah he's seeing a movie he's talking to his sex workers his prostitutes and when the shit hits the fan, he kind of turns into Captain America for the time being. Like, he's like, okay, he takes charge, he tells people what to do. I mean, unfortunately, you know, it's one of those funnier, sillier characters that just like meets his untimely doom. Like, in well, the it's first- funny because when you're watching it, you're, you're thinking, you're confident. You're like, I'm above this situation. I, I could outlive these people. I can make smart decisions. I've seen enough horror movies to know. Um, but he has that kind of mentality, but yeah, he gets fucked in the end. So it's just, that's the, the humor behind it. And not in the end, at the very beginning of the movie. <laughs> like he's yeah, around the middle or so. Yeah. Yeah. He, he doesn't last long, but there's, that was the first time I saw this movie. So this movie really holds a special place in my heart because it's still terrifying to me, even though it shouldn't be. Uh, do you remember when you first saw this movie, Preston? Yeah, I was, I was probably 12 or 13 years old, uh, picking it up from the Payless video store in Denton. So yeah, but it had been some, been some time. I think, uh, Arrow put out a release 
a couple years ago. I watched that, and then Synapse put out this new release, and I watched that on 4K. So, right, uh, I've only seen it probably a handful of times, but um, yeah, uh, it's great. It's good. It's it's good. So, the, the, do you like the amount of characters in this movie that are funny? Because you have like the young couple who's always making yeah. out. You have like the bl- old blind man with his like younger girl who tells him what's happening in the movie, but she sneaks off to old, like make out with a dude, yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. hilarious. All those dynamics are really great and and very fun and make it interesting. Uh, even it, but like any normal movie that came around, came out during the 80s going to have that coming of age or that that young teen kind of appeal where you have the two younger characters in it who uh are two girls and then they meet up with guys there and so that unfolds but i just find it funny that there's all these different uh characters that are popping up at various different ages and from all different walks of life and that that keeps things interesting and fun so i totally did not mind the amount of characters that were here because it kept things exciting and uh, you, you always wonder like, okay, who's going to be the leader in this situation? And then uh, are, are, is their confidence going to, you know, cause them to fail or, um, or their stupidity going to cause them to fail? And so, yeah, it's a, that, that, all that, all the character stuff, uh, character work was pretty great. It, it was. And so meanwhile, while everybody's in trying to survive the demon attack, inside the movie theater where they can't get out and there's no way kind of in we see a group of four people driving down those city streets uh and they're a bunch of coke heads metal heads type of stuff uh just idiots they're all high and they end up kind of uh going to a movie theater after they'd been chased by the police and they actually get to enter the movie, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it just, I guess. Well, is- at that point, it just kind of seems like, cause the whole scenario, it's not like just like demons come out during that, but it was thought of by this uh, Phantom of the Opera type of dude. Um, so he, this plan just comes into action because of an artifact and that kind of sets the chain of events off and then um so at that point it just seems like whatever demonic possession or uh, power that's going on within this theater just invites it in to where like maybe it has a calculated mind to where like there's a there's a certain situation or a certain scenario where uh this could not this could fail inside here so at this point i need to create an opening for things to go worse beyond Right, because it's contained inside the movie theater. Everybody else is safe on the outside until these uh, coke fiends enter the fray as well as the police. But, you know, at the end of the movie, there's only two people that escape and then they see it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic world or at least the start of it. But there is a moment in the movie where it changes from a small budget little horror flick and goes to like a James Cameron, Michael Bay type of movie that has people riding on motorcycles up chairs and stairs with a sword, helicopters crashing inside the building. Like it just, Jesus, like there's a, there's a switch that's turned. <laughs> it's like dead alive. Yes. Yeah, like dead alive. Yes. Uh, I enjoyed that element. Cause like, again, that's the cheesiness, maybe the eighties factor. And you just think like, okay, Bava and Argento are like, 
this is what Americans want. They want to see somebody with a sword and a helmet and a motorcycle chopping up people, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the best part of the movie to me. Yeah, it's, it's super fun. Super fun. And so now we have to talk about the weird, strange, maybe... Um, Oh, the, that French movie that had the strange ending that didn't make sense. Uh, oh, my God. The French horror movie slasher. What is it called? It's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, uh, it, where we thought it was a, a killer after two girls, but the killer ended up being one of the girls. Oh, High Tension. Yeah. So the, the, the ending of High Tension didn't make sense. <laughs> it just kind of happened. And I feel like with this ending in this movie is the same way because <laughs> how it ends is like there's there's a the main girl and one of the main guys escape and there's demons everywhere on the outside and the buildings all trying to get after them. And all of a sudden, a family, a nice family picks them up and we're like, we're heading out to the country because we're going to get out. And the camera shots is really weird. It's just like a constant close up. Yeah, of her. And then all of a sudden, she's never been touched, but she turns into a demon and they have to kill her right on the spot. So I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's shocking and it's a shocker, but was it necessary? Um, I Yeah, I think revisiting it and watching it again, I, I like the idea of like it being that the whole world's gone to shit. And then there's this family that's kind of got a handle on things and they have a plan in it, plan of action. And so that, that was really fun. But uh, I guess what they're trying to say is for one, uh, I guess kind of steer away from people expecting that the Ryan uh, Felipe looking main dude um, who got bit in the arm or scratched or messed, got his arm messed up. Um, that he was going to turn. And so it just kind of went against it by having her turn. And it also, I guess, kind of comments on like, uh, well, we're erasing the final girl out of this scenario. Um, so uh, that that's my thoughts on it. I don't know if it's like well executed or anything like that, but I, I recognize what they're trying to do, I guess. I, th- I thought that too, as many of the times I've watched it, I just like, man, that was a, it was a shocking ending, and, but I liked it. And it, it kept it scary. It kept it horrifying and scary and all that good stuff. And so I think there was such a powerful, not powerful, but a fun and great reception to the film that they made a sequel. Um, and so did you like the sequel? I liked it okay. Yeah. It's not one. as good as the first one. What's your favorite kill in this first Demons? Um... Them, I don't know. There's that one sequence where the demon actually comes at when uh, that that guy is like smashing the demon girl in the head with like that piece of metal, and then out comes the 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 real demon. I don't know. I like that practical effect so much. But um, favorite kill. Uh, uh, yeah, I can't think of what my favorite kill would be i like i like i like the one that were at the very end where they uh where they are putting the guy who gave him the movie tickets in the first place with the silver mask and they put his face down on the 
like the strong uh, steel pipes <laughs> all the way the, through his skull. Like kind of thing with zombie. With yeah, the with eye. the eye. Yeah, little homage yeah, I, I guess, to that. Yeah, that'd probably be it too, because that that anticipation where you're like, oh, you know what's coming. Yes, you know that that was uh that was pretty excellent. So, is this a movie you recommend to people who've never seen it? Uh, yeah, I'm actually, I've been kind of excited to show it to my wife, uh, just because I know this is not her cup of tea at all, but maybe she would have fun with it. Hell, she watched Trolls 2 with me. I think she can have some fun with this. And so, uh, yeah, I'd recommend it to people, especially if you're looking for something that has uh, a comedic element to it, just based off of its like sheer ridiculousness. Um, Cause there's like moments in here that just don't like a, like directional errors or something like uh, the, the first demon um, that's in the film, she's chasing after somebody and then uh, they, they manage to pin her in a room and she's trying to reach through. And then they eventually they take a, a vending machine and they push it against the door to cut off some of her fingers. But while she's behind the door, she's, she's, there's a sh- quick shot of like that she could reach the people that are behind the door. Um, Cause you can like see, um, you know, moments where characters are like trying to get out of the building and you, you can focus on their hands and they're not hitting the wall very hard or anything. It's just like, uh, like, Hey guys, we got to, you know, protect our investments here and not destroy the production. We're just going to put some of the stuff on there. Like even the Coke machine that they move feels like it's made out of cardboard. Um, so there's just like things like that that you can recognize. And that's just part of the charm, the B movie charm of it all that it, 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 I mean, it sucks, but it's, uh, it's all fun. And I guess just because of the terror that's there, like that pursuit, that chase or that, that tension, that buildup, or because you're invested in what the, the characters are doing, um, that, that's what causes it to be fun to me. So, Hey, if Halloween kills would have taken a page out of this book, it would have been all right. But, uh, Right, yeah. right, right. I think it's good. Halloween, ki- Halloween Kills try to take itself too seriously. This yeah, movie yeah. did. It, it needed if it if it was going to be dumb, or I don't know if they're trying to do it intentionally, um, but they should have just really leaned into it at that point. They, it should have been like uh, going from Fast and the Furious six to seven because seven like just really leans into its stupidity of like uh, the rock flexing out of his uh, out of his. Uh, cast and stuff like that so yeah do that but, but from the factor right right yeah that's uh that's what it is demons look it up uh, you can buy the new 4k or the blu-ray uh from synapse films uh, it's got uh it's got it's got a really one. good uh, essay on there uh, that was on the arrow release that's uh produced by dario argento and it's a really good analysis of his films that he's produced. So if you if you watch anything, I, I watch that. Like that, that's what I always get really interested in is uh, Arrow or whoever it may be uh, doing like these like really good film analysis, video analysis of careers and filmographies. And I think that's a really good one. Um, yeah, that is, it is a really good one. And yeah, again, I think this movie holds a special place in our heart. That's why we picked it. Uh, for our Halloween episode of My Bloody Podcast. Uh, I believe that winds us down uh, to the end of the show. Uh, we we love you. We, we 
This is episode 98, so we're going to make it to 100, and we do have some things planned for this that hopefully will come through, um, but we, we we plan to keep this going for sure, and so it's just always a pleasure to do these shows with you, Preston. <laughs> yeah. Real quick, uh, what, what music choice would you throw with this? Ooh, what music choice would I... Uh, let's see here. I would probably go with maybe <laughs> just because it's a funny song, uh, but I, my, my mind goes to Rocky Erickson and uh, it's either I walk with a zombie or two headed dog just because it's just, it, it, it sounds 80 style and rock like it would fit perfectly into this movie. And yeah, I would go two headed dog, you know, that would go that way. What about you? I think I would go Still of the Night by White Snake. Still of the Night, not in the Still of the Night by Boys to Men. No, no. More so just the name of the song, Still of the Night, just because they're, they're, they're still, they're in one place. Um, but and all throughout, you know, they have like a Go West songs uh, in this film, like a really good soundtrack. I love the soundtrack to Demons. Um, Cause it, it's all, I mean, it's just there to, Hey, we're in the eighties, but, and it's just there to break away from like what's happening in the theater to what's happening outside of the theater with those uh, suburbia plucked kids, um, punk kids. Um, so it's got that punk infused uh, hair metal atmosphere or spirit to the film. And so I feel like white snake is very much embodies that. So I would pick that. White Snake, Still of the Night, Two-Headed Dog, Rocky Erickson. Listen to those. That wraps up my bloody podcast, episode 98. It's Halloween season. Be safe and out there trick-or-treating. Get all the candy. Have all dress up in all the uh in all the costumes. Uh, we love you. And yeah, we're my bloody podcast. You know where to find us. Uh Preston can be found everywhere. He's Blu-ray Dad on Instagram, Preston Barta on Twitter. Just find Brian Kluger everywhere too. And see all the videos and interviews and the reviews we're all doing. Uh, we love you. Yeah. See you later. Trick or treat. <laughs>